Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Culp. I'm Freddie Woff. We have Kickstart for you, damn it. Kickstart. Kickstart. My heart. Oh, it's the 10th. 10th of July. Woo! 10th of July. 10th, 10th of July. Yeah, Friday we dropped a very special episode. We dropped our first part of our chat with Whitney and Adams. And uh, we talked, you hear the episode, if you haven't heard it yet, please go listen to it. I think, I know, I'm not to toot our own horns or anything, but I think it might be my favorite episode we've done. Yeah, it's a good one. It's certainly, uh, the conversation certainly does flow. It sounds like we actually maybe, you know, prepared ourselves to do something instead of winging it. <laughs> well, because it really comes down to is like, it's, and I, and I, I think I said the same thing about Also, she, she's Derek. a really good guest, dude. Oh, she's, oh, yeah. She's as well-versed in her field that she is. She's also a film fan and is clear because when I was just recently cutting the part two that comes out this Friday, uh, which is the filmnesia side of it. And we weren't going to tell you what the movie is yet. Cause you'll, you'll discover that on Friday when it comes out that we went off talking about other movies too, which is very much what happened that happened with Derek. And that also even and with Eve, we did point break and we kept going off on a tangent on that too. She, she's a wonderful guest and I'm still kind of cutting part two, but I think as one big chat together between the two parts, I think it's my favorite thing that we've done so far. Yeah, no, it's good, man. It, it, it's really solid, it, it, you know, and it, uh, it it actually sort of moves along without, you know, circling back over and over. It's like it's, right. it's like it's like getting off of the revolution. Right. The And that part two that I said to you guys to audit, that was like one little under uh, an hour and 13 minutes. That thing that I sent you, even though there's a little bit extra there that won't make it to the, the general public, the that whole raw audio file was only an hour and fifteen, so I cut almost nothing out of it because it was all just it was all meat and no fat or nothing to trim off. Yeah, it's good. I, I'm really I'm really happy with it. But like you said, she in her story is so interesting and in how she got there to be in the field that she's in. It's just it's very it's very unique. Like we said, we've always talked about with most disciplines, not everybody's got to the same job the same way. And hers is definitely a very unique story. Her origin story is good, right? Yep. It's, you know, and dude, she's like one of my favorite people in the world. Even if, you know, outside work, I just mean like, you know, uh, I've never, uh, her and I literally just clicked and it's, uh, you know, she's, she's just a really, really fun person, like a good person and fun person. She's fun to talk to. She's got a great outlook every, uh, you know, because she's, you know, like, again, she's the road to movie dumb, <laughs> you know, right. Could have been a doctor, <laughs> right. If she wanted to, but, uh, you know, she wound up here on Friday when the episode dropped, she had done more social media advertising for our show that we've had in the last six months. <laughs> yep. It was, it was awesome. 100%, dude. And, I, and because I'm realizing right now we might have some new ears that we didn't have before Friday. Oh Yeah. Because of her, uh, her social media. Yeah. So th- again, Whitney, like I, I did have already said it a hundred times already. Thank you for, for coming on the show and thank you for, I, I feel like this is that intro we should be recording. right now. Yeah. Well, we'll do it again, but we'll do it better. Yeah. But you know what? Here's the thing. You know, what we had, we are, we had, you had cocked and loaded last week to talk about during kickstart, but you wanted to be patient. Well, you were patient and you waited for me to, catch up to that topic and well we're both on the same page now because we both have seen it 
Oh yeah, man. Because this is your thing. Because you want to talk about this, and this is a this is not that chunk, <laughs> this is not a clunky segue because no, because not. Whitney was really excited about seeing the same movie. I think she saw it just last night too. So I'm looking forward to hear what yeah. she has to say. Yeah. No, no, no. Me too. Uh, no. Look. So Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I dude. Look. Here's the thing. I, I I have not been excited about going to the movies in a long time, and you know this because I don't yes. really, you know, everything that comes, I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I'm a guy who loved to go to the movies, but I haven't been excited about anything for a while. And you know, after 2008, the Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, <laughs> like, uh, you know, it was dicey. Like I was like, oh, you know, but uh, but James Mangold uh, directing, you know, in my in my mind, he hasn't he hasn't made a, a, a bad movie yet. Nope. Um, or, you know, a non entertaining movie, and and I want to say that Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny hits all of the right notes for me. It is weird because uh, you know I didn't read one thing about it, didn't read one review, I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't want to see anything about it. I was right. like, if I'm going to see it, I'm going in blind. And 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 I would say it's I'm better for it. The whole first 30 minute, the opening is its own movie, man. It that opening is tremendous, right? uh. dude. I mean, come on, look, dude, it, look, look. If you hated everything after the first 30 minutes, you'd still get your money's worth, and it yep. would be worth seeing again, right? Yep. yep. The cast is amazing. I mean, you know, the people who show up, uh, dude, Toby Jones, who I love (laughs) showing up is is Indies. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it, but Toby Jones shows up and that's all I'm going to say. Cause some of the other cameos that pop up are totally unexpected. Mads Mickelson, everybody knows Mads is in it. (laughs) Mads is great, dude. I don't think I ever want to see Mads play anything except for, you know, evil people, Nazis, et cetera. (laughs) Cannibals. Cannibal, whatever, man. Right. He's so good at it. I, that's all I want to see him do. Even Boyd Holbrook, who I usually get annoyed by, was really kind of good as his henchman. Right. Um, you guys probably know him from um, Logan. Right. Can that get a James Mangold? James Mangold. Director movie. Yep. And that's what I want to also point out, too. You come into a situation like this where this is high stakes IP that we're talking about here with Indiana Jones. And nobody else had directed Indiana Jones movie other than Steven Spielberg. Right. Lots of really great television being by directed by yep. television guys. But this is the first time. But this just shows, once again, that James Mangold knows how to take a high-profile IP and handle it with kid gloves, both as a, as a deaf director and co-writer, of course. Right. As well as somebody who's just a fan of it, too. It hits all the right notes. It, it, yeah. it doesn't ring false. I don't feel like, you know, who, who is this Indiana Jones? Or, you know, that that was one of my, my biggest problems with Crystal Skull. I just felt like they didn't use Indiana Jones. Like he, I feel like Indiana Jones was a, was a supporting player in his own movie in right. Crystal Skull, really. Uh, because they were trying to set up some bullshit that didn't work, thank God. That being said, I'm not here to crap on that movie because I don't need to. But uh, Dial of Destiny, man, it is so much fun, dude. And, yep. and the and the uh, and in the use of CGI and masks on stuntmen, there's there's a few moments where you're like, ah, but dude, you get so into what's going on, it doesn't it does not detract. I could watch an entire movie, two hours and forty five minutes. Of him as young Jones, rendered as young again, and, and not and not be bothered by it. It, 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 it they, they did a really great job, yeah, of, of portraying him from you know the Raiders days, which I'm going to say I'm going to call the 35 year old Indy, right? 
<laughs> sure. Um, That's, I mean, because yeah, you think it's you think it's like Crusade era, you know, right? It's right. It's it's between Raiders and Crusade. I mean, it's World War Two still, and so you know, it's somewhere around there. How old was he in Raiders? Thirty? No, he was thirty-eight. Right. Thirty-eight. So he's probably right. close to forty. He's close to forty. Right. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, God, it's so much fun. You know everything about it. Like, and, and dude, there's not a bad performance in it. No. There's some great. There's some great standouts. Yeah. Seanette Renee Wilson. Who, if there's anybody that's in the movie that I want to see more of, there's two people. Seanette is one of them. I really wish she was in there more because she was a great bad guy, not really bad guy. You know what I mean? She was the way they wrote her. She had dimension. She doesn't. It wasn't just a flat bad guy henchman kind of thing. She was really well written when she was fantastic in the role. You guys know her from The Resident. She's been on every episode of that. The other one is the same thing that that Sergio talked about when we were uh, talking about in our text thread was Antonio. Yeah, he was. I I, I could use a little bit more of Antonio in there. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I I'm gonna say, you know, like I said, it's all it's this it's the Spicoli thing, right? Like right. how much Spicoli is Spicoli? I think that they use Banderas perfect. I wouldn't have wanted any more Banderas than I got because it's. It's it's like they put just enough salt in the stew, because uh, because goddamn he's good. What I would like though is I would like an origin story, <laughs> like or I just like a story about that about Banderas' character. Like <laughs> just give me that movie uh, right. right before th- they show up. I just want to see I want to see him on some other adventure without Indiana Jones, you know, pirating or whatever they're doing, whatever whatever those guys are up to, because they're a little nefarious anyway. Totally. He's great in it. Dude, you get to see all your like favorites. Sala shows up. You know, I'm not giving anything away. You've seen it in the trailer. Uh, I didn't see the trailer, thank God, because it made it way more fun to not see the trailer. And screw James Mangle for making me cry at an Indiana Jones movie, asshole. Yeah, well. Dude, like that scene was it for me. I might go on, damn it. The main actress that plays Wombat. If Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she's great. Now, yeah, when dude. she first got cast, I thought, oh, man, she just she's right. just kind of like the, the it girl in the moment. I, I know her from Fleabag, and she's wonderful on that. I'm like going, but does she work in a movie like this? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes, 20 times over, yes. She's fantastic. Yeah. The kid, like her, uh, the little side, the, the, oh, yeah, the yeah, kind yeah. of the, round the, kid. The short round of this movie, right. Yes. By the way, that kid is cold-blooded, that kid. <laughs> yeah, man, he's great. Uh, look, the, the movie's a lot of fun, dude. There, there's, the, the set pieces are all great. Um, yeah. You know, and, you know, you you get your history lesson. That's the, that's the thing that really, you know, the other three, the first three Indiana Jones films all sort of, you know, taught you a little bit of a history lesson. Uh, right. the, you know, and that's kind of where Skull just kind of went off the rails. It got really sad. I can't even tell you... Honest to God, dude, I've seen it a few times and I still couldn't tell you what it's about really, other than the fact that they just brought back India. I don't know what they're chasing. Uh, they're chasing Crystal Skull vodka or something at the end. I was waiting for Dan Aykroyd <laughs> to show up and like hand them a, a bottle, right? I mean, and that Crystal Skull prop is the worst thing I've ever seen in a movie. It's so, it's movie so with that kind of money. Yeah. It looks like it's out of Lost Empire that fucking movie. <laughs> To me, or whatever it was called, right? Well, like, and that's the thing. You, when you when you get when you see the last crusade, and you finally get to that moment when you're seeing the cup of Christ. Like you see things. By the way, did you see that Easter egg? Yep. That Easter egg was like very beginning of the movie. 
yeah, uh, when, the when they had all the artifacts. Yeah, yeah, on the train. Yeah, totally. That was so much better than the one they shoehorned at the beginning of Crystal Skull out in Nevada Desert. I thought that was just yep. too, just too much. No, no, dude, there, there's some good ones in there. There's some good, let me get, I'm going to ask you this. Okay, so do you remember right. when uh, Indy wakes up, like when we first, when, when we first meet him in 1960, when we meet him in 1969, right? Right, after the opening, after the cold open. Correct. Right. And we hear, the, the first thing we hear is the Beatles fucking, right? Yes, and, yes. And we, you see out the, and you, he look out the window and you see there's a guy with a guitar and he's tweaking his amp that looks an awful lot like George Harrison. Now, let me ask you, are the Beatles downstairs, but they were smart enough to just fucking give you that little bit, but not like have fucking John Lennon answer the goddamn door. Right. Maybe so. Cause what was the guy's name? Cause he said he was asking for him to talk to him. And then the guy, right. I, it could have been, it could have been. Well, I mean, I'm just saying they could have been there. They could have been in New York in 1969. I mean, we, we don't know. I mean, the whole thing is they didn't live there, but they might've been there for a part. Who knows, dude? It's fucking could seven in the morning and college kids. It's sixties. I don't know. Uh, it, it was a thing I'm going to have to go, you know, the next time I watch it, I'm going to look for it again. But I, I like those little, there were those little moments, um, that tied into there's, there was another good one that I can't think of off the top of my head. Now that I, when I was watching the movie, I was like, Oh man, what a clever little tie in. To talk about what you're saying with the Crystal Skull thing, I was kind of leading into that. You got all the five movies have a title in there. That is, that is, I don't want to call it a MacGuffin because it is a critical part of the movie. It's not something they're looking for, and that's not the story. That is the story. The Ark looks like what you expect the Ark to look like. A Temple of Doom is just, it is a Temple of Doom, dude. And right. Crusade, you got two different cups of Christ. So there, it, it is very... Very true to the story being told just based on the movie title. Crystal Skull, like you noted, I'm like going, what is this? It looks like selling a glorified tequila bottle or looking for. And that's what no, it looks right? like. I could have seen that at Costco. It was the worst, worst prop ever. We used this word recently <laughs> when we were talking about the, the filmnesia we did with Whitney. That movie, we talked about the authenticity of it and how real it feels the dial looks like real it looks like a real thing it looks like well because there's obviously there's history there's illustrations for him to go on right i don't like what they did with hudson hawk when they did the whole tie-in with the with the glider and all the other silly crap that happens in that movie i was super was super bumming me out is the movie's not doing the numbers but earlier this afternoon you and i both got a text from Sergio that showed the seating and like, and screens are selling out now. They weren't selling out before. And I think word of mouth is getting out there that this is not just a good movie. This is a really good movie. And it, and you don't feel that nostalgia, that forced nostalgia that you were getting with Crystal Skull. Right. I, I don't feel that with this. And a lot of the other studio fair that we're seeing with that established IP where, or the, the like the requel kind of vibe that they go for. This feels like this feels uh, this feels like an Indiana Jones movie, like not like the last one. I think that's I think that's what's stopping people from seeing it, and, and because they have that bad taste in their mouth still, they don't. I mean, that's how I felt about it. But the closer we got to it, the more excited I got by it, and I, I wasn't leaving my vacation not seeing <laughs> not seeing that movie because I didn't. I wanted to see it the best way possible, and I was worried I was going to get back, and I was going to be forced to have to see it in Watch the theater. It Disney Plus. Yeah, Jesus. Thankfully, no. But across the board, I there's not 
a poor performance. Everybody comes to play. They're having fun. I think everybody recognizes what they're doing, including Harrison. And I can't say this. Even his even his current interviews, he doesn't seem like the crabby Harrison Ford that we're used to. It's almost like he's enjoying going around talking about this and, and, and not feeling like, oh, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm Han Solo. Oh, yeah, I'm Indiana Jones. He seems to be really enjoying himself talking about this movie and promoting it. And I don't know if that's to the to the new faces that he's working with and just feeling a renewed vigor from doing a, another indie movie but without the same people involved. I don't know. But I, it shows in his performance and it shows in his pressers that he really is proud of this movie and he should be. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's funny because, I'm. you know, if you're going through the um – the press junk. I mean, I could imagine it, you know, at 80, cause I don't remember him doing a lot of press for, uh, the Blade Runner sequel, um, which this is way better than the Blade Runner sequel, by the way. Um, as far as like Harrison Ford in iconic roles after 40 years, what's crazy is, uh, he actually looks like he's having fun. Right. Exactly. On screen. And it, you know, it, it look, dude, if Indy's into it, I'm into it. <laughs> I, th- I think uh, there's one thing that you just kind of have to adjust to. And if you haven't seen it yet, I'm going to say this now. So it should help you assimilate pretty quick, but I didn't have this precursor. Yes, it is a de-aged and it looks fantastic. We're not talking about the Irishman area. It looks great. Right. And you, and, and there's just times you're like going, wait, is that stock footage? Cause you feel like sometimes it might be, but it's not. Nope. It is 80 year old Harrison Ford performing the voice. So it's that. Dude. Yeah. That's, that's the only, that's yeah. But you get over it really you get quick. Over it pretty quick. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, did you notice uh Pete Postlewaite's kid was in the movie? No. Billy Postlewaite. Billy Postlewaite. Yeah. He was professor Donner. It was uh cause I'd seen him in a couple of other things. And then I was like, I think that's him. And I, when we, we stayed through the credits, obviously we watched the whole thing and I saw Billy Postlewaite and I was like, what a nice, what a nice uh, little bit, right? Like, a, you know, he is one of the younger professors at uh, who's there when they um, oh, they do the retirement you know, when they thing? do the, the, the retirement party. Uh huh. Okay, I have to. Well, I'm gonna see it again. So, yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. You'll you, next time you see it, you, you know, you'll see him because he kind of he looks a lot like Pete Pulsiway. You, you, oh, dude, I'm looking at I'm looking at his, I'm looking at his headshot now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm with right. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like if Pete, if Pete, <laughs> if we if we knew Pete when he had hair, dude. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. His kid looks just like him. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of little fun, little cameos. Tom Kretschmann is another uh, actor who I love. Um, his daughter was my PA on two movies, but Tom is the Nazi general on the train. Yeah. Who, who Ford, he was also in dragged across concrete. He's in, a, he's in tons of stuff. He's in, he was in Valkyrie. He was in Casino Royale, maybe with Mads. I know he's been in at least one of the Bond films, uh, one of the Craig Bonds. Yeah. He was the captain in King Kong, the Peter Jackson King yes, Kong. Correct. Right, right. Ship captain. He's also plays a, a pivotal character in Infinity Pool, which I still haven't seen yet. Oh, dude. And he's in, he's in Blade 2, which you love. I love Blade 2. Yeah, I know. And Tom's in it. So it was funny, like, you know, seeing, I mean, as soon as he popped on screen, I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be good. (laughs) Because, I mean, you know, like, I love the fact that they didn't try to stuff a lot of, the cameos they use are perfectly used. They didn't try to, uh, you know, 
shoehorn people into roles just to get them in an Indiana Jones movie, which right. could have been the case. Right. So, you know, look, if you haven't seen Dial of Destiny yet, go see it. I, I, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. If you're a fan of the franchise, this more than makes up for Crystal Skull. I think so. This, to me, is as good as any of the original three, as far as entertainment-wise. Yeah, and you've had a renewed... For Crusade. You crusade, you're, you've kind of, you, you've modified your opinion about that a little bit. Well, here's what I'm going to say. When I saw Crusade, I was 19. Right. So to me, <laughs> it was an, but it was like an old guy's movie. It felt like, it felt like, uh, you know, they were, I wasn't ready to like be like the father and son whole thing. So, you know, I was like, oh, fuck, I don't want to see Andy hang out with this. You know, and, and I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. But I always thought it was the lesser of the three. If I was numbering them, it would have been Temple of Doom, Raiders. Last Crusade. And it was just because, you know, and I, it wasn't that it was bad. It was just like, eh, you know, I kind of felt it was a little bit corny and like, eh, whatever. But the older I've gotten, the more I've watched it also, it's it's also maybe, the, I told you yesterday, right now, it's like probably my favorite of the three. And that's, I'm a Temple of Doom guy. Yeah. And, and you know, I, my, my love for Temple of Doom, because it for me for a long time, it was one, saw three, the theater. one, three, two. And eventually Doom kind of like I saw it on repeat with Joe and yeah, it definitely, like I was saying, I was, then I, then I was flip-flopping between two and three where it was kind of like our sliding scale we talked about recently where it kind of goes, it's, it's all mood-based, whichever one kind of fits into whatever slot. But now I feel that way about, about Dial. Dial fits right in with those four and now it's part of the sliding scale. So it's, it, Crystal Skull Maybe another 10 years, I'll try it again. But I, I know I'm just like I've made a joke about <laughs> in our text thread. I just said, you know what? I got two hours I could put somewhere else <laughs> for something I haven't seen yet that I know I, uh, there's a 50-50 chance I'm going to like it or not like it as opposed to one I'm already going to walk into with uh, reluctancy, you know. But Dial is fun. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it. If you've already seen it, go see it again. You're going to start seeing little things that you didn't see the first time. Because Joey was telling me, pointing out things I didn't see, that, and I did the same for him. Melody had seen some things that neither one of us had seen. So, yeah, it, it's definitely, oh, man, you, don't, you do not want to miss this in the theater. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a movie for a big movie screen. See it on the biggest screen you can find. And I'm going to leave it there, right there. Boom. Well, that's, I mean, we're just going to keep this one short and sweet because uh, I've got a couple more days before I'm heading back to yeah. the mainland. And uh, we were both itching to talk about this. I almost talked, I almost like said, let's record on Friday, but we, we both had things going on. But <laughs> So anyway, all right. Well, if you want to follow the show on the socials, um, there's a new, there's some new social platforms that are hitting right now. Uh, Instagram has a thing called threads, which is very Twitter like. Um, I haven't figured out how to do both my personal account and uh, the podcast, but I'll definitely figure it out. Um, but you guys have heard about it. It's changing. Uh, there, there's, I mean, there's not changing, but there's an additional platform. But we'll get around to that when it's a little more manageable and easy and easily accessible. But for now, the usual at Karate Pod on Twitter, Insta, and on Letterboxd. And Letterboxd is Corey underscore Culp. And on Insta is Culprit97. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram, or you could follow me at letterboxd.com. Tom Cody.